Okay, here we go, Morty. Are we ready? Yep. Okay, we just recorded a whole episode and then realized the mic wasn't plugged in. <laughs> it's good because this one's going to be 10 times better. All so. right, right. Because that's how beginnings go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see what happens. <laughs> Welcome to Consciously, a podcast focused on honest conversations for regular people seeking spiritual growth. Here's our host, Menachem Poznanski. Consciously family, welcome back. Okay, here we are. This is really exciting. This is a very exciting episode because this episode is some great content, actually joined by, as you saw from the title, Joey Rosenfeld joined us. Um, but more importantly, Joey was here because we had an awesome meeting, a kind of a launch meeting for The Light Revealed. And actually, I, jo- I asked Morty, who's our producer and webmaster for The Light Revealed, to join me for this episode. Hey, so, guys. What's going on? So I'm really, really excited. Really, really excited. It's always hard to f- finish things. There's nothing harder than finishing things uh, except for starting things. And then starting new things right after you finish something... I think that's the hardest thing to do. So we finished, we completed the preparation for Light Revealed. We have a website and we have a great lineup of of content prov- um, producers. And uh, now we actually have to do something, Morty. <laughs> I guess. I guess that's what you do after all the preparation. Right. You have then to actually, you actually have to do it. You actually put your pants on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but... Um, Again, welcome to the Constantly Podcast. I want to thank you for joining us. If you're new or if, if you're just a major procrastinator, uh, do us a favor, subscribe to the podcast, give us five stars, and write a review. If your review is funny, I might read it online. I'm not sure. Um, also, check us out on social media, at The Light Revealed, at Instagram, and on Facebook. And you can also check us out on our new website, as I just said, thelightrevealed.org. Uh, it's really cool. Very, very cool website. It's got all the content. All the Consciously podcast um, episodes are separated into series, uh, which I really appreciate that Morty worked really hard to make sure that that happened. And so now if you want to listen to the uh, the Step series, you can listen to the Step series. If you want to listen to the Holiday series, the What Does That Mean series, all the different series are going to be separated. So that's really cool. It also has all the posts that we've been doing. So even if you're not on Instagram, which good for you. <laughs> like really good for you keep that up it's terrible um but uh you can check out all the different po- uh, posts and reflections that we have and also our, our published docu- uh, stuff and and god willing all the new content that we're going to be putting out especially uh rabbi joey rosenfeld who i said is joining us for this episode who was here yesterday and we had a very interesting discussion that was very heady but also very practical and very like weird ways um so I'm excited for that. Uh, also, check out our books, Consciously Six Steps to Living Vibrantly with Our Creator and Stepping Out of the Abyss, A Jewish Guide to the 12 Steps. If you have questions, comments, or want to just ask us or engage, uh, reach us at The Light Revealed on Instagram, or you can reach me at Menachem Puz on Instagram. That's fine also. Or email us at thelightrevealed at tlrfamily.org. Okay, so here we go. We're starting The Light Revealed, Morty. It feels weird to be done with the preparation. I feel like I want to just do more preparation, but it seems like it's time to do. Right. Like the time for thought has ended. It has. <laughs> and the time to do has begun. I hope they don't laugh at us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I had Joey here. He was, it was really cool, actually. He, 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 as is always the case, we had sushi, which was nice. Um, 
And then he got very heady. We like started talking about his experience, like getting ready to move to Israel, which is such a weird thing to do. Like Joey's moving to Israel and we got, finally got him looped into what we're doing. It seems weird, but it's going to be amazing. Actually, it's going to be really remarkable. Joey's going to be doing uh, two podcasts a week two episodes a week. It's going to be short form, really cool stuff. Uh, amongst other stuff, a once a week shear that's ter- particularly geared to people in 12-step recovery. Uh, so we're really, really uh, excited. And Morty's working very hard on our YouTube channel. Yeah, so I'm really we got the new Light Revealed videos coming up soon, which is very exciting. Very, very exciting. Very, very exciting. Okay, anything else you want to say, Morty? Um, no, I think we covered everything. Covered everything. Okay, so check out the website again, just to repeat it. The lightrevealed.org. The lightrevealed.org. It's up, it's up, folks. It's great. Okay, so check it out and um, hope you enjoy this uh, discussion with Joey. I think it's it's remarkable. It's great stuff. Thanks. Okay, so we're here in studio with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld, my friend. Hey, Shalom Aleichem. The new mashpia of The Light Revealed. Um, we've been talking about the light revealed for a while and, um, it's kind of like, we had a really nice day today. It was really nice. Joey, Reb Joey came in from St. Louis, from Chutz Machna. <laughs> and, uh, it's funny, you're, you're moving from Chutz Machna into like the, the center of the Machna. It's yeah, an interesting but going, thing. going to St. Louis was the first step in Aliyah, meaning the first step in Aliyah is extricating oneself from tri-state area Yiddishkeit. So, you, so okay. So, so Pshat is, Pshat is. St. Louis was Katnish of a Katniss. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say as much as Katnish of a Katniss, but Komakom Shani Olechani Olechrakla Eretisra, Rabbi Nachman said. And anytime you extract yourself from what a person thinks they needed to live in, you realize you can live anywhere else. Uh. There's also a feeling, and I hate to say this, but St. Louis is an incredibly holy place. It's the farthest west that the Rebbe Riyats went. Yeah. Rav Kook visited there. Rav Yitzhak Ginsburg was born there. It's a lot of different energies going on there. Rav Shach apparently had said that Mashiach comes by way of St. Louis. Really? Yeah. I assumed that it was because, okay, so the Rebbe's teachings were going to be taught from St. Louis, Rav Itchemeyer, but I don't think that's uh, what the Mitzvah <laughs> is. But, um, but St. Louis, the only place to imaginally go to from St. Louis feels like Eretz Yisrael. Yeah? Yeah, because it's so quiet and peaceful there, it would be hard to really... The answer is not New York. You don't go back from St. Louis to New York. Right. You know, it's noise versus quiet. So not I think a, not a mahalo. Yeah, and Eretz Yisrael is so loud that it's quiet, you know? Okay, so for those, for the for the guests that, that don't know you, first of all, you could go back and listen. Joey joined us early on for an interview, yeah. so you can, I'll, I'll post it in the episode description. But um, Joey is a, a clinician and also a, a rabbinical figure and a mashpia, is a teacher of Judaism. And, you know, over the last year and a half, we've been formulating this idea of a light revealed, which is a a project that's part of TLR, the, the living room, um, to really kind of create a, a platform to put out content that's focused on Jewish spirituality, but also that's informed by and appealing to people in recovery process, people in a general life recovery process. And uh, we've been flirting around with Having finding a way for Joey to be involved, and thank God we kind of finished up with Joey, who's going to be in a, a more than I ever imagined, which is awesome. Which is Joey's going to be in a, a, a position of mashpia. He's going to be giving classes and doing a podcast, uh, two part. I think twice a week. Um, we're going to do it on YouTube and and uh, audio. 
and he'll be working creating our posts and all the all the different other things that we do that we uh, that we do so which is fantastic i'm super excited about that and we're looking to jump into that rosh chodesh el however there's something else going on in the universe which is that joe and i know each other for like probably 20 years and there's been very iter- many iterations of our lives and uh so it's it's fun to to be with him in this moment where he's doing something crazy so first of all he's starting to work with me which is crazy <laughs> so <laughs> no, but more importantly he's moving his family him and his wife are moving his family from St. Louis Missouri to Eretz Israel which is very powerful and very significant what i was saying before about katnas shabakatnas just to give the audience context is a is a frame that Rabbi Nachman used why he was Zoha to go to Eretz Yisrael versus the Baal Shem Tov, because the Baal Shem Tov went into godless Shabbatnas and Rabbi Nachman went to Katnas Shabbatnas. Right. So, so, um, so, you know, Joey, I don't know what you did, but you made it. So, so, so we're starting new things and Marvelous. you're starting new things and yeah. you're doing crazy things and wild things and, um, and they're all part and parcel of the same movement of of being a mishugana. You know, Rabbi, <laughs> Rabbi Nassan of Nimarov has a language that he says that in the end of days, a person has to kamp mishuga mit mishuga, that you have to fight craziness with craziness. And um, I think that some of the, the craziness of making big decisions, even when they seem difficult, even when they seem impossible, even when they seem to be things that one is unworthy of, by just doing without thinking and suspending the intellect and allowing the body to kind of do its work and the emotions to do their work, you begin to feel like, you know, your bechira about what you're actually doing in life recedes into the background, you know? And it's like I said this to my Rebbe, Rav Weinberger, Shlita, our Rebbe. You know, I said, Rebbe, it feels like a steel locomotive running down the track, you know, which is a lyric from the Grateful Dead, but it, it does describe a certain element of there's a centrifugal force that, picks up after a little bit of hishtadlis that just pushes the whole thing beyond you. So even as my wife and I were sitting there contemplating, is this right? Is it not right? Is it right? Is it not right? We're still signing the documents as if everything is right. Mm -hmm. And you find your body and your emotions have made the decision far before your intellect is capable of making the decision because it's too big. And I think it's what I found is that the only way to make big, big decisions is to take care of the small things first and slowly but surely lean into it to the point where you don't really have Bechir anymore. This is where you're at. You're going. Wow, that's a very that's a very radical thing to say. <laughs> it, it's more, it's not something I would have said else, an idea of it, except I'm experiencing it now. Right. And what I'm experiencing is, you know, on the one hand, the person can still be filled with their intellectual doubts as to what is best, what is not best, what is good, what is not good. But in the end of the day, the ikr is the maisa, and what a person's body is doing and what their engagement with the day-to-day practical reality of their lives says a lot more about where they want themselves to go than what their intellect is is in the process of deciding. You know, the body is impulsive, it, it knows, it keeps score, it knows intuitively where the person wants to be, and that's going to be in good situations and in bad situations, and the mind has to really catch up with it. And I think what Lubavitcher Rebbe Schusayamalenu taught so often was that the ikar is the maisa, because ultimately the maisa is 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 what's going to bring a person to that place where their mind finally agrees to, 
get in line with what the body has been doing all along. Okay, so let me let me unpack that for a minute. Yeah, sure. So, first of all, it's auspicious. You mentioned the Rebbe. It's Rebbe. leading up to Gimel Tamas, which is really exciting, Rebbe. which is the day of Histalkas of the Rebbe. So, it's it's uh, very meaningful. So, and for sure, the, you seem to be describing three things. There's the Meichen de Godless, like mm-hmm. the big idea, the broader picture, having a sense, knowing what you want to do, knowing what your ideals are, knowing what the right thing to do is. Then there's what your body knows is right, what your conviction is. You're talking about the body, but you weren't talking about the physical body. You're talking about a more... The nefesh, the nefesh, the body in its generalized sense, the embodied experience of a human being in this world on the ground. And then you're, and then, but then you talked about a different type of mochen, a different type of mind, which is when you're making small decisions in the moment Mm -hmm. to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Meaning right action is not just driven by in what you were presenting not just driven by like what feels right in the moment. Mm-hmm. It's driven by, this is what I know to be right. right. I don't have a sense of the broader picture, right? right? So, but I'm going to take small actions yes. in the moment that are going to create a steel locomotive. And now it's going down the tracks. And it's not that I know perfectly what the broader picture is, but I don't really have a choice at the, I mean, I don't, yeah, I think the I right thing kind of has taken over. Absolutely. It's, um, to, to frame it in the language of mochen, so let's look at mochen the godless as a state of clarified mindfulness. I know exactly what it is that I want. It's the big picture. And those ideals are ideals. And ideals are, are wonderful and significant. And a person can't live without ideals. But it's very important to keep in mind that the word ideal is by definition in contradistinction and almost direct opposition to a real right? Idealism and realism are on a certain level polar opposites to one another. And so the ideal is not enough to drag a person into the real, right? So there's a a chasm between the ideal that I have wanting to go to Eretz Yisrael and the reality of what it would actually mean to go to Eretz Yisrael. And then there's an in-between space, which is what we refer to as moichin de godless within moichin de katnas, that even when a person loses their original idealism and a person feels that I can't really make a decision right now based on this idealistic perspective, by thinking in an idealistic way, by having an amuna in one's ideals, by believing that a thought of an ideal is good enough, it begins to leave an imprint on the individual themselves. It begins to have its way with the person, and far beyond the intellect, it begins to seep down through the neck, through the heart, into an embodied idea, which is no longer being thought because it's now an unthought known. It's something that the body has has drawn into itself. It's now a bechina of das. And when it's das, I'm not thinking about it consciously as an ideal, but it is the idealistic engine that is driving every behavior that a person makes. Okay, but now it sounds like you're adding a fourth component. It could be. Because, it could be. Because if you're talking about the Rebbe, you're talking about my action, which is driven by, at the end of the day, what is right, as it is framed within halacha, as it sure. is framed within Torah, as it's framed within what Hasidus would demand of you. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's that's one layer of awareness. And then you have mm-hmm. the Das, which is the kind of existential uh, sense of of things, and then you have this meichin de katnas, meichin de godless within meichin de katnas, meichin de godless within which is the awareness that there is an ideal, and then there's like a meichin de godless where I, I have a sense of the whole picture and I see it and everything's clear. 
I agree with you, but so tell me more about the 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 level of the Misa being the Iker. I I don't know, or I've yet to experience, you know, a direct immediacy between the ideal and the real, where the ideal is still so manifest in a person's mice itself. Because when the body is engaged, let's say I'm putting on tefillin, it's yeah. more focused on the act of laying tefillin than it is on all of the ideals inherent within that act of laying tefillin. Right. Okay. But we believe inherently and intuitively that within the act of wearing tefillin, not only does it contain every possible iteration of the idealism or the thoughts or the kavanos, but it also brings something that all of those ideals can't bring on its own, which is the actual action where the rubber hits the road. Right. And then, and the, and where the rubber hits the road is the most ideal space. It's the most ideal space. I mean, it's the most ideal part of ideal. Right. It's, it's the, it's the fullest manifestation of it. Meaning if the ideal, and I, I, we're, we're jumping around and I think that's exactly the point here because these are delicate ideas, but I think that for the real action to be the most idealistic aspect of what my idealism might be is because it's the farthest possible application of the ideal. Because it's the farthest application of the ideal? Because it's the farthest application of the ideal, it proves, it's the exclusion to the ideal that proves the ideal. Meaning to say, let me let me phrase it differently, Rav Adin Steinsaltz has a, a famous statement where he says that when a person is testing out a vehicle to see the the stability or the capacity of that vehicle to function, you're not going to drive that vehicle on a clear straight road, right? Because driving the vehicle on a clear straight road is obviously going to work. There's no preventions that push up against it. If I want to identify the limit level at which the car can continue to function at its best, yet it is like the last possible space where it can continue to function at its best without dysfunctioning, that becomes the limit point at which the ideal can express itself. What the Balatanya, what the Alter Rebbe describes in Paraklamid Vav as the the doubled over darkness, which is quite literally the lowest possible space wherein HaKadosh Baruch Hu, wherein the infinite creator can manifest his infinitude without breaking the whole system and and undoing the possibility of recognition versus unconsciousness. Right. You know, so that Misa, the Misa is the Iker because the Misa is so counterintuitive to the ideal. But it it would seem to me, uh, okay, we're like getting very heady. Yeah, we're getting heady. I don't don't know who's still listening. Yeah, (laughs) we're good. good. It's practice. (laughs) No, just kidding. (laughs) It's, Okay, it would seem to me like what the Rebbe would say to that is, well, you're missing the point because there is something, there is something that can transcend the, the, the doubled over darkness. The thing that can transcend the double over darkness is actually when a person just does the right thing in action. That actually does, that is the only thing that transcends the darkness. It's not that it transcends the darkness because it goes to the limit of the space where the light can go without overcoming the darkness. But rather, it's a space of light that can actually emerge from the darkness. Meaning, the place where God's essence is most possible to be manifest is not at the limit of God's ability to be manifest without getting in the way of our free will. The, the place where God's infinite self can be most manifest is simply when God asked us to give a little coin of tzedakah to tzedakah. And when I do that, and I express in that action a fulfillment of God's ultimate will, desire to have a dwelling space in the lowest world, 
then I reveal infinite God in the lowest space, which otherwise is impossible. Meaning, kaviyachol, as if to say, I'm doing even what God can't do. Yes, from a, but there's two perspectives. I love what you're saying, and that's the that's the activist perception of it. And I think that's why you see so many shluchim and chasidim of the Lubavitch Rebbe who are quite literally activists who are willing to be moist nefesh for one person being Makayim mitzvah. Right. But on the theological, and, and not the theological, but on the, the theoretical, and again, what, what I'll be pushing on over and over is that theoretical and therapeutic go hand in hand. You know, theory is curative. Insight is curative. Even if it's a heady idea, even if it's an idea that might force a person's mind to kind of push itself against its limits of reason, when I come out the other side of being misboining on an idea and I have a new hasaga or a new grasp of what these ideas mean to me, even in an ethereal way, that can continue to have an impact on the way I function as a human being, which will by nature affect the way I engage in my emotions as well as my behaviors. Okay, so let me unpack all that. Oh, okay, we got it. Very heady. Very fantastic. It feels really good. I feel like a... Okay, wonderful chess game. Okay, here. This is... We started off by you talking about the way in which you're engaging this wild and radical move to Eretz Yisrael. And you said that part of the way that that happened was, was a certain process of making right actions, taking right actions... That were that evolved into a certain das, a certain awareness, where it's almost as if your body, your consciousness, is directing yourself, and you're not thinking about the broader ideal of going to Eretz Yisrael. Yeah, but there was one step where there are certain thoughts that are too heavy to think about, so you have to be masalik your mochen deliberately, and then allow the das and your body to take shape. If I'm thinking all day about this decision, the decision will never happen. When I stop thinking about the decision is when the decision Right, happens. so you surrendered, so to speak, exactly. that moichin to godless. Meaning, if we're talking to somebody, someone's listening to this, okay, what does this relate to my life? Okay, so I know that I need to make a broader decision, right? But I, I'm not getting it. It's just too, seems too big, right? So what, what Joey Rosenfeld is saying, okay, well, let's break this down. There's kind of three things. There's what you know to do the right thing, meaning the hishtadlis, Right. Like, right, I'm exactly. filling out the paperwork, right? Right. What do I have to do? I'm thinking about moving to Eretz Yisrael. Well, you can't move to Eretz Yisrael unless you fill out the paperwork. <laughs> right. Right. Fill the paperwork, see what happens. Exactly. Right? Okay. Then there's setting aside the broader picture, right? And allowing my sense of awareness, my das, to come in about this is the right thing to do. And that is what creates this powerful locomotive that's, mm-hmm. that's taking you mm-hmm. ultimately to the right place. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... And then that transitioned us into a space where we were kind of touching on the, the general approach of the Rebbe who puts such powerful emphasis on just simple right action, just doing the right thing, and the, and the way in which that right action, the activist kind of approach to that, which I, I appreciated that, that frame of it, where it's just like, okay, get another kid to put on, put on tefillin. But why? It's the middle of Tel Aviv, and you're standing by the beach, and he's in his bathing suit, and he's not going to put on tefillin tomorrow, and he doesn't care about it. However, there's, there's utility in, there's powerful utility in the sense of this yid putting on tefillin, right? It's or whatever nu- it is. It's nuclear. It's nuclear because right. you're, you're revealing literally the essence of God. Okay. But then you're saying, but however... However, the missing component there, meaning if you just get stuck in this activist component, right, is that you miss out on the therapeutic nature of returning back to the mochen to godless or, or to gilu, understand or the nature or, or, or living with the revelation of unity inherent within that action, meaning because I can engage in putting tefillin on, I'm going to try and keep it, you know, on a clear level for myself. 
But then I could also see that by transforming this physical moment in time and space with the garbage that's strewn around me, with the pain that I feel in my left pinky at this given moment, when I can pause and say, at this point I am revealing the light of the infinite in the most finite of places, what I come to recognize is, oh my goodness, the finite, which is the polar opposite to the infinite, doesn't even stand in front of the infinite. The infinite can manifest itself there as well. Right. And at that point, wow. infinity is, is collapsed into the finite. Within that act of laying to fill in, if a person were able to slow their minds down enough and to be present, the entirety of the creation of the universe from the beginning to the end would be worthwhile for this moment. Okay, so so on a on a practical level, and then obviously there's a lot of undertone in terms of what what it is that we're doing here in the first place. Light revealed all that mm -hmm. stuff. He definitely touched on that. So a person is stuck because they want to do the right thing, right? So the advice, the the practical advice is okay. Start taking hishtab, what we call hishtabas, or taking right action towards that goal, and that will mean setting aside the bigger picture and getting too fixated on perfectionism Serenity and idealism. Prayer, yeah. Right, serenity, praying it. Right. So, and then, and then, allowing your conviction to take hold, allowing your your greater consciousness to take hold. That's not rooted in like a fixated idea of what's true or what's not true. And yeah, and but for each and every person, that surrounding non-actualized thought of what I know to be most true for myself. That's not cookie cutter, right? That's not that's right. individualized. That's of one own one's own understanding. That's the centrifugal force that is driving one's direction in life, right? Right. But when a person does come to a crossroads in which you cannot find a rational way to move towards what you idealize in your life, what I have found is that by throwing away the rational system of needing to know with absolute certainty that this is what needs to happen, right. and to allow that process of what your feeling is when you wake up. How am I feeling? What do I need to do today? Where's my mind at? What are my tasks that I have to accomplish today? One finds themselves slowly but surely continuing to march towards their goal, even when their head is saying, you know, we're not even sure where we're marching right now. But then, but then it seemed that at the end, as if you said, once a person hits that mark, returning to that space of yeah. the ideal. Yeah. And revealing the way in which this is the the ideal absolutely opens up the door to powerful light because you're absolutely. you're kind of revealing absolutely. infinite light that within the moich and the godless process. continue to live even in the moich and the katnas right meaning even when I feel I have no moichin, that's on a certain level the highest level of moichin. the highest level of knowledge is coming to a place that realizes okay I'm okay never knowing because that's what faith is right so but so but what you're describing is kind of like a very very clear like linear process. Sure. It's a descent from the original light down into concealment of darkness, but uncovering the unlimited light within concealment of darkness and bringing it back to the unlimited light. Right. Realizing that this is also part of the, the yichud. And this what does that look like practically? On a practical level, it means, let's say, originally having this major plan for making aliyah, right? This this dream of going to Eretz Yisrael, of living a life of, of Yishav Adas in Eretz Yisrael. And then a person gets thrown into all of the chaos and the practicality of what a situation like that means. The paperwork, the children, everything, right? And it's infinite, each and every person. And so in the absence of that unified light of the ideal, a person can lose their mind in the details. Right. But when I can engage with each detail and while engaging it before, in the middle, or after, 
I say to myself that this particular exercise right now of signing this document or shopping for this X, Y, or Z is in fact the fullest expression of that original ideal that I had. Uh, it doesn't feel as nice or spiritual as these grandiose ideas, but by putting my feet onto the ground and engaging and digging down deep into what it means to be a human being who lives in this world making decisions, what you do is you uncover that infinite light of the ideal within the action itself, no matter how petty, no matter how small. And then you're in a, you're in a, like almost a, it sounds like you're in a almost higher place of ideal than what you Absolutely. were searching for Absolutely. in the first place. Because prior to, prior to the expression of the ideal or the dream within reality, we assumed that the dream and reality are two separate things. And the dream was opposite to reality. The dream is what we want to focus on. Reality is what we need to escape. Right. But then when you uncover the dream within reality itself... So what you've just done is you've expanded the power of the dream. Right. Meaning reality never ascends above the dream. The human experience never ascends above the infinite light. But human experience in each of its myriad moments has the ability to magnify more and more every single moment, more and more of the infinite power of the infinite light. Because every moment where we thought Hashem couldn't be found and then we show Him there, what we're revealing is Hashem is so much bigger than what we originally thought He was. Yeah, it reminds me moment. like in the recovery frame when the, when the acceptance is the answer. There's a story in the I back of that. the big book of AA where he says something like, I thought that being an alcoholic was the worst thing to ever happen to me. And in the love end, it, it turned out to be the best. It turned out to be the best. But what he says beforehand is even better. He says, I thought I knew what was best for myself. I right. knew I wanted perfection. And I assumed you wanted perfection as well. So I was happy to point it out for you. Right. Now, I... I have no idea. How do I know? Because simply, I thought this was terrible. It turns out that it's not so terrible. Right. Right. And then he goes, but he goes even further there. Yeah, this could spend probably a he long goes, time. Oh my gosh, time. because he, he digs the dagger in there. He says, I've come to realize that there's a little bit of good in the best of us and a little bit of bad. And uh, there's a little bit of bad in the best of us and a little bit of good in the worst of us. And he says, I've come to find that I have to live life on life's terms as it is in my life today. And then he adds, as it actually is. And that's like the final dagger, right? Because <laughs> he gives you no room for running away, as it actually is. Right. Actual. Iker is the Misa. Wow, wow, wow. What a powerful like, um, lesson from your journey. Yeah, um, and, and it's one of the things. I mean, I'm, I'm learning it as I'm talking it out. You know, right. I'm learning it as I'm talking it out. And again, each moment has its own process. Every moment itself contains all three stages of this. And it's stages of awareness, right? Right. It doesn't mean ignoring the pratyus of every moment. It doesn't mean ignoring the mundanity and the claustrophobia of the details and running into a flight of unity as if everything is perfect. Right, obviously. It, it's right, the opposite of it's that. It's the opposite. It's sitting in it. It's leaning deeper into life. It's, but it's also not, it's not, it's not, it's not surrendering to that is either. No, no, it's doing That's both at once. It's a dance. Right. It's a dance and a person right, right, begins right. to be less anxious, less bothered. Right. Or not even less bothered, a person becomes less bothered with being bothered, mm. right? Wow. That's the, I mean, instead of thinking, I that's used to personally to think, say. right, I yeah, used yeah. to think that it's about how do I live a life that's bother-free? And then you realize that, okay, so that can be done with substance usage, right? right? Or sleeping all day or any other form of escapism. 
Or a person can lean into the being bothered, realizes that, okay, Hashem, this is the world you wanted to create, where a person is likely going to be bothered, so guess what? I'm going to find you in being bothered also. Right, and Frankel writes a lot about that, that you find that like the what's more perva- what's way more complicated than depression is being depressed about being depressed. Exactly. And what's way or more complicated about anxious about being anxious about being anxious. Right? I think there's even something more insidious as being anxious about not being anxious. Because <laughs> what, I've, what I've thought of lately, and this is somewhat, you know, off the off the point but anxiety is a coping mechanism just like substance abuse was because when we face the fear of the unknown what we want to do is we want to gain control over the unknown and so anxiety is an unnamed fear so it's just a general diffuse sense of there being a lack of control over the future i have nothing i can do to control it so my mind convinces me ah i know one thing i could do to control it i could worry about it right and so worrying becomes the coping mechanism in pushing away the thing that we're so afraid for happening so if i have a moment of not being anxious right so i'm now allowing my anxiety to manifest right and as a, a speaking as an anxious person, there's nothing more frightening than you're like, oh, wait, I haven't been anxious for 10 minutes. <laughs> you know? But Bezra uh, Sashem, the light should be revealed and we should be healed from all of this and learn how to transform it, right? Not to subdue it, to transform yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Joey, for joining us today. So. Thank you for joining the Consciously Family. Consciously is brought to you by The Light Revealed, a social media publisher bringing messages of Jewish spirituality and recovery to whoever is looking for them. Consciously is made possible by the kindness of the Capellius family in memory of Tzipor Bas Ravara. Our producer is Morty Schwartz. Our audio engineer is Alps, and our artwork is by Tani Puz. Our social media team is led by Tehil and Asanian with help from Zoe Poznanski. The assistant to the regional co-host is Shmaya Hanukman, and our music is by Eitan Katz featuring Zushtan. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can give us a review and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We love connecting with you, so please feel free to email us at consciouslythepodcast at gmail.com or private message us on Instagram or Facebook at the Light Revealed.